What up, good people? My name is Jeremy. That's my boy, Drew. This is the Full Coverage Football Show. We're back. It's been a long, long time. And it's good to be back, brother. How you doing tonight? It's great to be back. I hope everybody had a good holiday. Um, Lions haven't won since since we've been gone. So uh, not so much change from that front. But, you know, it's good to be back with you. I hope all is well uh, with you, man. All is well. I mean, both of our football teams right now looks like uh, things aren't going well for them. But we will get into them eventually. Let's just bust right into this show here. You see our Twitter handles. Give us a follow on Twitter. You know the show. This is the Full Coverage Football Show. We're starting out. Let's talk about last week college football. Ohio State, Michigan. Jim Harbaugh finally gets his win, 42-27. to Bucks outscored by the Wolverines, 28-14 in the second half. Hassan Haskins, 28 carries, 169 yards, five touchdowns. Six total rushing touchdowns for the Wolverines. They dominated both sides of the football. They were the tougher team. Buckeyes looked finesse. Is this a sign of things to come, or is this a blind squirrel finds a nut? I mean, it was eventually going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's It's been <laughs> since, what, 2012, I, I want to say, since they long, beat long Ohio time. State. Um, you kind of got the feeling when, when the beginning of the game, the weather um, – Michigan, we knew, was going to want to run the ball down Ohio State's throat, and they did just that. Um, and and hats off to them. Um, Ohio State waited way too long to sell out on the run. They they continued to just let them gash them for five, six, seven yards at a time. Haskins, as you mentioned, was was fantastic. Um, do I think it's it's something that's going to happen? You know, more frequently, probably not. I, I still think Ohio State's going to has the better players, has the better athletes on that team, but a huge win. For, for Harbaugh, um, needed it, right? It was kind of the monkey off his, his proverbial back at this point. Um, but Ohio State just didn't have enough. And and I think, for me, Ohio State relied on the running game a little too much at times. Like So, for example, they come out of the second half uh, and they go three and out, I believe, twice in a row, running six straight running plays. Mm-hmm. Um, and we both know this may be the three best receivers, I mean, clearly in college football, as far as a – a team's concern. Yep. Um, and I thought when CJ Stroud started to like just let it rip, uh, they started to move the ball down the field. The problem wasn't the offense per se, it was Michigan kept gashing them and scoring mm-hmm. quickly. And literally, Ohio State just didn't have an answer for it. Uh, Kate McNamara didn't have to do much, right? And he made some throws when he needed to, but this was just a, a hog molly kind of power football in your face. And and that's just the way they won the game. So I know Michigan fans are probably extremely happy. If you're a Buckeye fan, I wouldn't be too discouraged, Um, especially when you look into going into next year. I mean, CJ Stroud's to me at least proven um, that, that he's, he can get the job done. And, and listen, I know that they lost this game. This was definitely a different team than the team that lost to Oregon. Um, But yeah, just a tough one. You're not going to win them all, right? Michigan's not a cupcake team like they're they're the second best team in the big 10 i think it was kind of a fluke michigan state beat them earlier in the year um and and so we'll see what happens i mean as far as looking forward i don't i don't necessarily think michigan has any shot of doing anything if, if indeed they do beat iowa and make it to the college football playoff i'm with you on a lot of what you said i mean you look at what happened to the buckeyes and you said no it's not like by the way when you drink and your cup it's like oh, that's badass i was like wait what's going on over there fucking magic tripping out dude okay i know my internet's crazy but that's real fucking crazy over there anyway (laughs) back to the subject at hand yeah it 
It wasn't the same team that lost to Oregon, but it was the same reason. Your defense never stepped up. Your defense had chances to make a stop. They got an interception by Cade, that Cade McNamara basically gift wrapped. That's a terrible, yeah, when I was, was a terrible throw. I mean, when I was talking about this game to people, who are like, oh, you think Michigan can win? I'm like, absolutely, I think they can win. All they have to do is stay within themselves, and they did that. And you brought up that the Buckeyes decided, hey, we're going to try to run the football more, which they've ran the football okay all season, but that's not what got them here. The passing game, those three receivers throwing Jeremy Ruckert in, C.J. Stroud tearing it up, that got them there. Before the game, I said two things. Cade McNamara reminds me a lot of Craig Krenzel when he was with the Buckeyes. It was that, just do what it takes. You're not going to make a lot of plays. Let the running game do things for you. You can win a football game. He did that. He stayed within himself. He got that win. And this was going to be C.J. Stroud's Heisman moment. If he was going to win the Heisman. This was going to be the big game. And the Buckeyes didn't stay with that game plan. Instead, they tried to run the ball. They tried to get rough and it wasn't working. They are a finesse team. When you hear the comments, you know, Michigan's offensive, I don't, I think it was their offense coordinator said, you know, we played a rough game. They were finesse. Yeah. Buckeyes are a finesse football team. That's why they score 70 points sometimes on people. And but this was a big win, win with finesse, right? Exactly. I mean, you, it's, you don't have to be a smash mouth football team. No. And this was a big win for the Wolverines, don't get me wrong, but for the Wolverines fans talking crap, it's like Browns fans talking crap to Steelers fans because we beat them twice. You still (laughs) suck. You still haven't beat them in the long run. And it sucks to say that as a Browns fan, but it's the truth. Like, don't talk smack Steelers fans because they've been whooping your ass for 20-some years. Yeah, my favorite comment on, you know, Michigan fan side is saying, oh, we have two elite quarterbacks going into next year. No, you don't. No, you don't. Let's – Let's let's. There's a reason that they did not put the ball in Kate McNamara's hands, right? And I know they're a run first team, but but you have a you have a fine quarterback, right? He's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the quarterback Patterson last year they they thought was fantastic and, and Shea, five star Shea. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's like, well, pump the brakes. No, but listen, I've given Michigan fans a bunch of shit. Ohio State's fans can take this shit from Michigan. Listen, mm-hmm. they deserve to be proud. They deserve to kind of run their mouth a little bit um, and let them enjoy it, you know. But we'll see. I mean, you got to immediately come back and, and go to Indianapolis and play Iowa, and and you hope it's just not kind of a letdown game for them. I'm sure they'll be prepared and ready to go. But but to be honest, when you think about Harbaugh and Michigan, this was everything to them, right? This is what the whole year is about is beating yep. Ohio State. This Michigan team could have been shit all year long. If they beat Ohio State, that it's a successful year. So, um, yeah, Michigan fans, you know, talk your talk your crap and and enjoy it. Um, but I wouldn't say necessarily get used to it. No, see you next year in Columbus. We'll see how it goes then. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Buckeyes, Buckeyes got a fun schedule to start. We'll get into that later, probably, you know, in the offseason. I mean, they start with Notre Dame, and we'll talk more about Notre Dame coming up. Also rivalry rivalry week god that cup is amazing so cool (laughs) it's the coolest cup of all time oklahoma oklahoma state spencer sanders leads the cowboys i mean they led them to a 37 33 win over the sooners 214 yards passing 93 rush he was pretty damn good throughout the whole game made plays when he needed to he wasn't perfect but he made plays when he needed to and led oklahoma state to a big win over the sooners and now they have a shot to get in the college football playoffs can the can Oklahoma State get in and if they do how good are they they're so no we don't even need to worry I don't about think it. they're gonna I don't I don't think we have to mm-hmm. uh just looking at the landscape of what this week entails as far as these conference championship games it, it would be a very very long stretch for them to get in 
And Oklahoma, to their point, they've they've had their issues, right? This team, although record-wise, has been fine um, with the quarterback change midseason. Just kind of, it just hasn't been a very smooth season in Soonerland. Um, so I don't think they're going to get in. There's there's mm-hmm. too many teams in front of them that I don't think are going to lose. Um, but yeah, a huge win for Oklahoma State, and and it kind of leads us to the idea where, listen, Oklahoma's headed to the SEC. Um, and so Oklahoma's program is a great program. We know that, but I think Oklahoma and Sooner fans in general are going to have to get used to losing three, four, five games a year here sooner rather than later. It's just, it's just the way it is. And I still think regardless of, of what anybody says, Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC, it just is not going to bode well for them, especially like Texas, for example, that. That is a blue blood, one of the most elite, biggest programs there's been. I mean, they've been bad, right? Yeah. Um, as the, the last five, really since Mac Brown left. Yeah. So I mean, Colt McCoy's the last time I remember them being relevant. Yeah. Yeah. Colt's like a ten-year NFL veteran at this point. Yo, he's, he's actually winning games over there for Arizona. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think it's it's this Sooners team's not great. And then, of course, you add on all that's that's you know transpired here in the last twenty four to forty eight hours or so. But but as far as Oklahoma State goes, I don't think they make the playoff. If they do, they get boat raced. Oklahoma State win that game, or did Oklahoma lose it? Uh, you could say Oklahoma lost it. I just don't think. Again, when we when we sat here, you know, in the off season, we talked about Spencer Spencer Rattler, and we mm-hmm. talked about you know everything that we thought about Oklahoma and. And then it's completely 180 throughout the season, right? He's not no longer starting a quarterback. He's in the um, transfer portal. Yep. Now he's in the transfer portal. So um, Oklahoma, they probably an overrated team this year. I, I think Oklahoma State's overrated team this year. I, I always struggle with the Big 12 teams, right? You always um, have. Just because it. they don't seem to match up well with other Power 5 teams, mm-hmm. right? They're built with with a lack of defense to, to an extent. Um, you know, high-powered offenses, but when they actually have to go play a, a team that that could play some defense, and everything's not so spread out and getting in space, they 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 tend to struggle. And, and I can't I think it's kind of the, the way across the Big Twelve and, and the landscape that we've seen in the last, you know, decade to you know five years. Sounds like the way you were describing that uh, Big Twelve team. That sounds like the Buckeyes this year. It does, mm-hmm. but but I also think as much as it does, the Big Ten is better than the big 12 and i think in the big 10 ohio state faces those kind of defenses right they face legitimate defenses Mm -hmm. where in the big 12 um you know baylor beats oklahoma baylor can't guard anybody uh so there's really not a test defensively that they have to face throughout the year where ohio state you know playing a big 10 schedule has to Mm -hmm. kind of play some legitimate defenses because the Big Ten just built differently than the Big Twelve. I'm not saying that the Big Twelve is not a great conference. It's just the way that it is. It's an offensive conference. Correct. Yeah. Exactly. Where a lot of teams in the Big Ten still play both sides of the ball and want to do some smash mouth football, as you saw with Michigan this year. So we could go into college football playoff ranking and see if Oklahoma State can make it, or we could do the easy transition here and go right into Lincoln Riley. Let's do the Lincoln Riley thing. So, like you said, over the past 24, 48 hours, all that after the game, Lincoln Riley suddenly becomes the head coach of the USC Trojans. Now, Lincoln Riley, 55-10 and 10 in Norman. 1-3 in bowl games, though. 
0-3 in the college football playoffs, which makes you believe you're exactly right in the fact that you say the Big 12 teams can't stand up when they face tougher competition. Because he's never won, even though he's had Jalen Hurts, he's had Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, all pretty solid quarterbacks right now in the NFL. Well, maybe. But they're quarterbacks in the NFL regardless. And he hasn't been able to win a college football playoff game. Four Big 12 championships, though. So he it's goes been a quarterback factory since Lincoln yeah. Riley's been there. I mean, and you you got to win with your quarterback, and yet they haven't done it in the biggest games. So now he moves on to USC and already goes to USC, gets Malachi Nelson, the number two quarterback in the twenty twenty three draft or in the twenty twenty three recruiting services rankings, whatever it is, behind Arch Manning. He gets him all ready to flip from Oklahoma to USC. Other players are going to do it. They just lost another quarterback who was supposed to go to USC. He is now a Buckeye official tonight, just before we came on. However, that deal that Lincoln Riley gets, $110 million, USC bought both of his houses in Norman for $500,000 over asking. $6 million LA home purchased for Lincoln Riley, and unlimited use of the private jet. Now, Lincoln the P- Riley... The had- unlimited PJ use yeah. is fantastic. Dude. It is. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it's so and, good. <laughs> and you look at it, I mean... It's tough to turn that down. I get it. Six-year, $42 million is what he was working with. They basically double that. He's getting more money. Going to L.A., going to better weather. Is USC a better job than Oklahoma, though? You know, so that was going to be my question to you, right? Okay. So let's let's think about it. So to your to your point, Oklahoma's made the, the college football playoff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oklahoma is, is dominated um, the Big 12. It's just the, the, the way it's been. Um and so for me, the thing that – and what has USC done, right? Like USC hasn't really been relevant since Pete Carroll. Yeah. Um, Pete Carroll's been in the NFL for 46 An- years. Another 12 <laughs> years. It's like the Cold <laughs> you know what I mean? Texas, Texas and USC, they were like relevant the last time they faced each other. The, yeah, the Vince Young game. Yeah. <laughs> Reggie, but I mean, yeah. It feels like that. And so for me, the USC job is more appealing for, for a multitude of reasons. Um, and I think once Oklahoma does go to the SEC, I do think USC becomes the better of the two jobs. And I think Lincoln Riley, to an extent, knows that. Um, Was he scared of the SEC? I think, I, I, yeah, I think so. Right. I, I just think that Lincoln Riley, to me, is is he sees the landscape of what the SEC is. And I just don't think he has success there. Uh, certainly not right away, especially when you're all of a sudden you're not recruiting against the Big Twelve schools. You're throwing in the SEC schools, so now mm-hmm. you're 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 recruiting against really powerhouse schools. Uh, and I think it was the easy road out uh, for all the the reasons you said. I mean, they basically USC said, "What do you want? Right? You will buy your house. We'll buy you a house. You have the private jet. We're gonna you know compensate you handsomely." Um, so I do think the USC job today might not be as as great mm-hmm. as Oklahoma and the success Lincoln Riley's had at Oklahoma. Um, but I do think once that that happens where they do go to the SEC, I do think USC becomes the better job. Um, and then all the gl- the, the the glamour and, and whatnot that comes with being in L.A. Mm-hmm. I'm with you on a lot of that. But does this make you think Lincoln Riley's a bitch? Like he's scared to go the tough route. He's taking the easy way out. No, and I agree with Matt. Um, he's going to have a tough time in the SEC, right? And I think 
this was a business decision. Mm -hmm. Is it a bitch decision? Probably. Okay. Potentially. But I think it's also saving the fact of him getting ridiculed and, and, and talked about in the media not being necessarily the great coach that we've come to think of him for being. I mean, th keep in mind, Lincoln Riley's been a guy that that has has had interest in NFL head coaching jobs. He's an offensive mind. And so I think that this kind of alleviates any of the, the talk on the outside because I do think he can immediately go to the Pac-12, recruit better than anybody in that conference. He already has. some pretty quick success, right? And so yeah. is it the bitch move? Yes. But it's also probably wasn't Lincoln Riley's idea to, to go to the SEC. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the head coach is making these decisions. No. You know, this is going on the AD. So it's, it's probably a business decision. And it's probably a pretty damn good one. Yeah, it is. It's the easy way out, I feel like. But I agree. you're right. It is probably the best move for him because he can keep that aura of, oh, I'm Lincoln Riley, offensive genius, because he doesn't have the expectations that he had at Oklahoma. Before Lincoln Riley took over, Bob Stoops kept that a damn solid program all throughout. And now Bob Stoops is going to coach him through the – or for the college – or the bowl game there. But anyway, going to USC, the expectations are like, yeah, we're going to expect you to win. But a 10-win season at – in the Pac-12 for USC, they're going to be like, oh, we're on our way back. We're excited. A 10-win season in the SEC, with that team, with the way you play defense, that wasn't probably going to happen. You're basically looking at becoming Mississippi State eventually, where you're the 8-win team. Maybe yeah. you can upset people because LSU has been pretty damn good. We'll talk more about them in a little bit. But Bama is obviously the best team there. You've got Georgia just dominating. And he's that, gonna, USC is going to be a powerhouse in the in the, in, yeah. in the Pac-12. He's going to turn that program around. I have no doubt in my mind. I like Lincoln Riley's coach. It was a smart business decision. There's nothing to me that in two to three years from now tells me that that USC. I'm not going to say is back to the prominence that they once mm -hmm. were because I I don't know. It, it certainly could be. But as far as a, the Pac-12 goes, they're going to be running that conference sooner rather than later. And I would expect it to be a quicker turnaround. You know, a lot of the, the, the times it's tough because, you know, it takes time to get your recruits in to, to you know, in the game, right, mm -hmm. to be part of the team. I also don't think USC is is, is short of talent. Um, now, I, I think that Lincoln Riley and what he'll be able to do offensively is going to immediately be a benefit for them. But uh, – well, yeah, don't be surprised if he turns that thing around right away. And, and don't kid yourself that Oregon or, or UCLA or any of those teams are, are the powerhouse in that conference. And he knows that. Mm -hmm. He knows that he can recruit his ass off and get pretty much any kid against any of those teams. And that's exactly what he's going to do. Listen, if you can recruit kids to Norman, Oklahoma, which I've heard is a lovely place, then you should have no issue getting them to Southern California where the weather's beautiful. I mean, the girls are hotter on campus, so I've been told. I'm an old man now, not sound, I mean, trying to sound creepy. True, right? but, <laughs> I mean, come on. There's nothing wrong with Norman, Oklahoma. I've heard great things about it. But Southern Cal, there's a legend of Southern Cal. you got Hollywood. If you're a star for USC, think about what it's done for players like Reggie Bush. NIL, too, and right? With that, indeed, I mean, the amount you can do there, unbelievable. No, imagine being a kid signing for like three million with a name image likeness contract and being in LA. Like, what a time to be alive, right? Like, oh man, if I didn't have these giant ass years and I wasn't <laughs> fat and, and unathletic, man, I would really be going places. <laughs> oh man, 
It's ridiculous. Could you imagine that, though, as a kid now? Like, the name right. of his likeness, it's great because they deserve the money, too, because of the amount of money they bring into these schools. Yeah. And yeah, Quinn Ewers here at Ohio State got a million dollars. Kid hasn't even. Let's talk it down about that real anything. quick. I know that's off topic. That's what um, we do here. Let's go off topic. How Stay does that us. work, right? You can't just put CJ Stroud, like, what do you do? Right. And I know that that kid's what, a, a senior in high school now, but. He's already made millions of dollars or a couple He's a freshman at Ohio State. He graduated early. He's there. Yeah. He's but so like what, freshman. So if you're that talent that Quinn Ewers is, mm-hmm. do you if you're not getting the starting opportunity, are you hitting the transfer portal? And if you're right. Ryan Day, what do you do from that perspective? You can't just take CJ Stroud out. He's been fantastic. He has been. But you also probably told if you're Ryan Day and you're leading that program properly, which I think he is. You're telling Quinn Ewers, yes, you're coming in this year. You can learn that offense. But then next year, we'll say, hey, you can kind of compete, but if CJ's done well, CJ's coming in as a starter. But you know that he's there. Jack Fox is – or is it Jack Jack Miller? One of them, whatever the kid is. Jack Miller, that who played like a few downs, he is now moving Jack out. Fox he's in the front for the Lions. Okay. Yeah, Jack, it's Jack Miller. <laughs> Not the punter for the Lions, even though I'm sure he wants to get in the transfer portal sometime. I'm sure he does. <laughs> But it's Jack Miller. He wants to transfer out probably. Probably going to do it. It's going to happen. He's going to be gone. So for Quinn Ewers, maybe he plays next year. Maybe he doesn't. But back to the transfer portal because I had another question that was more on topic. But we're going to get back to it. You said (laughs) that USC with Lincoln Riley, he's not going to get the players he's used to right away. They're not going to be his guys. What if Spencer Rattler uses a transfer portal, goes to USC, starts at USC, Hey, he knows he benched his ass. He, he benched his ass, but he still knows the coach. He still knows the offense. Is he a better option going into USC next year than what they got? Yeah, it depends. I mean, Slovis I think I also think Spencer Rattler. There's there's reports out there that he kind of, I don't want to say like it was half half ass and things, but like clearly the way he played. He had a stretch where he had, I think, one touchdown in three games mm-hmm. against terrible teams. Um, Lincoln Riley was correct by benching him. I just don't know how that relationship is moving forward. For, you know what I mean? And, and he certainly could. I The dude entered the, entered the transfer portal as soon as he a, could. But, yeah, game. it'll be it'll definitely be an interesting one to keep an And eye for on. Rattler, maybe that woke him up because the kid has been damn good at everything he's done, and now all of a sudden things got tough, and he had to figure it out. We'll see. But let's go on to a comment that I loved on Twitter. Lincoln Riley says about USC, this is going to be the mecca of college football. And immediately Oklahoma linebacker Nick Benito tweets, yeah, he told us that last week. <laughs> Phenomenal. Because it's you know it's so true. Good. That's what happens with these coaches. And when you Coach look Tom. at it, after the game against Oklahoma State, they said, hey, are you going to LSU? And he said, nope, no interest in going to LSU. You didn't ask the right questions. You did not at all. You should have asked, are you planning on going anywhere? Maybe would have made him look more like a liar. He's like, nope, I moved that around you. I finessed y'all's asses. Moving on. So and speaking of guys who uh, just kind of leave, and they're kind of shady, we're going into our favorite head coach, one of our favorite head coaches. Maybe the guy we rip on more than anybody as a head coach. Magic Cup is back, baby. Love the Magic Cup. Mm. Anyway, Brian Kelly, Notre Dame's head coach. This is incredible. I am transfixed. You want to see the line right there? (laughs) Fantastic. (laughs) Anyway, Brian Kelly, Notre Dame's former head coach. This is a guy who, remember, 
Brian Kelly killed a kid and then he did practice for 20 minutes afterwards. Brian Kelly is a guy who had scumbag general. I mean, he had coaching assistants, Matt LaFleur and Robert Sala, two pretty good coaching assistants, both NFL head coaches that he invited to a party. So they thought, and then they became valets and shoveled the driveway. And then it came out. He did it to multiple coaching assistants because he's just not a good dude. So anyway, Brian Kelly, who had Notre Dame's job, 263-96-2 in his coaching career, 6-5 and five in bowls, 0-2 in the college football playoffs. So these two coaches who leave pretty damn good jobs at Oklahoma and Notre Dame combined 0-5 in the college football playoffs. He takes over for Ed Orgeron, who might be one of our favorite coaches outside oh, of Mike yeah. Leach. We love our coach, oh man, he's a great coach. Whatever he, he says. Like her. He sounds like Kermit. <laughs> Go ahead. It's like half Pat Mahomes, and then the coach gets into it, and I'm Kermit. But anyway, it's a, it's like a mix. <laughs> it's whatever. <laughs> Ten year deal, hundred million dollars, five hundred thousand dollar bonus, just to be bowl eligible at LSU at Louisiana State University. He's going in there to order some poor boys and some other good gumbo and stuff. Anyway, Brian Kelly, who's just a douchebag, he goes to LSU. This is a good move for Brian Kelly, other yeah. than financially. Well, is to answer the he's a better coach than Ed Orgeron, right? That is not a question to me. Ed Orgeron is not a great head coach. <laughs> we love Ed Orgeron. That doesn't mean we think he's a he's a good head coach, right? You have you have Joe Burrow, Jamar Jefferson, like <laughs> or uh, Justin Jefferson, and Jamar Chase. Yes, you're going to win. This is Coach O slander, and I'm not going <laughs> to. I know, I, and I, I hate can't to argue it. Especially um, Brian Kelly. I mean, come on. And, yeah, and, and I, you know, I heard him on Dan Patrick today, which is which is weird. Like, by the way, Lincoln Riley and Brian Kelly are like doing interviews left and right, which it's like let the you know let the body at least like it, it's it's rough. So we talk about he goes in to, today, calls a seven a.m. meeting. His, his players know he's leaving. Calls a 7 a.m. meeting, shows up for two minutes. Two minutes. Gets out of there. Uh, and get, listen, like me with I understand day. that there's no perfect way to go about this, right? There's really not, right? You're going to let down the team. And, and it becomes more murky when we talk about recruits um, and, and players that are coming to certain colleges because of the head coach, which is why the transfer portal exists. Um, but it's tough. Like, you read a report. Where where there's a, a, an assistant at a a recruit's house when he gets updated that that Brian Kelly's is is you know leaving mm-hmm. is LSU a better job than Notre Dame? Well, I'm not so sure. Notre Dame gets handouts from everybody. Notre Dame's always the most overrated team in the in the entire college football every single year. Listen, neither one of us are Notre Dame fans. We've talked about it on the I show. I hate many times. Notre Dame, Same. but I hate Lincoln Riley. Or Lincoln Riley. I don't actually have a problem with Lincoln Riley. I hate Brian <laughs> Kelly more more than mm-hmm. anybody. So Brian Kelly's a dick. He's been a dick. We're, we're, we're under the assumption that he's going to continue to be a dick. So with all the all the other baggage out the door. How much better is LSU, right? So I know LSU is a is a big time SEC school. However, I think he had a way easier at Notre Dame. They were relevant mm-hmm. on Dan Patrick today, which I'll wrap back to what I was going to say earlier. So on Dan Patrick today, Dan Patrick, who's a, the, probably the best interviewer um, of anybody there is in, as far as sports media goes. Mm-hmm. He asked him, you know, if you were that three seed right now, 
and had the opportunity to play for the college football playoff and, and, and you know, essentially the national championship, would you stay at Notre Dame? And, and Brian Kelly, of course, tiptoed back and said he can't answer that question. But to me, to me, yeah, exactly. To me, he had the better opportunity to win the national championship at Notre Dame than he does LSU. Do I think LSU is probably a better program, better job? Yes. But again, you're, 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 you're going to a program where it's going to be more difficult to achieve what you want to achieve. Mm-hmm. Where for Notre Dame, they've been in the college football playoff. They've been in the fringe of the college football playoff. He's as much as I think he's an ass and I think he's an overrated coach uh, because I think Notre Dame kind of recruits itself, even though it's it's an overrated school and and they finally pretended like they were joining a conference or whatnot. But I they definitely think it's – Right. I definitely think it's more difficult to go through the SEC than the ACC. What the hell are we doing here? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, I mean, look, look at Wake Forest. Right. So Wake Forest is the, uh, it's so for me, it's it's absolutely a no brainer that that where he wants to go was easier to stay at Notre Dame. Now, ego wise, he probably thinks he can coach in the SEC and I hope he gets his ass beat. Simple as that. I do, too. But I also almost respect him for this. For the same reason, I'm losing respect for Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley's taking the easier way out, staying away from the SEC. Brian Kelly's headed into it. Now, Brian Kelly was making $2.7 million at Notre Dame. Notre Dame is a harder school to bring in some players to because they have higher... Do I mean, they, though? It, Do they, though? I mean, they say that. Okay. I don't know. I'm not I in their admissions office. Of I'm not Everybody's like... Everybody's like, oh, yeah, yeah, they have the academics <laughs> and whatnot. It's like, dude, come on. I'm not like, looking at a kid who got a 592 SAT because he spelled his name wrong. And man, I don't had a fake it. girlfriend. Like, what kind of education are they providing over there? I mean, he was smart enough to get away with it for a little bit. I Christ! Mean, hey, you taught us all what catfishing was. Allegedly. He did. We we did learn. And, and then there was there's a show that came yeah. out. Those people on catfishing. Show. Oh, man, Titeo, <laughs> but they do. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. So I kind of almost respect. Brian Kelly for doing that. And that's the only time I will ever say that. And I've called both these guys bitches. Like we're a half hour into this show and I'm like, these guys are bitches. But you look at these guys, they're both possibly overrated. They haven't won in the college football playoff. For Brian Kelly, yeah, it's a ton more money. It's a maybe easier school to get guys into academically, but it's a harder conference. But for Brian Kelly at this point in your career, maybe you're thinking, you know what? I've done all I can maybe at Notre Dame. Let's see how damn good I really am. You know, his ego tells him he's probably better than Nick Saban. He's wrong, but his ego probably tells him that. So for Lincoln Riley and Brian Kelly, good luck to you. I hope you both fail because it'd be great for me to watch. I'm not so sure how good he is X's and O's. We're about to find out. That's the thing. Like, I'm not sure he is that good with the X's and O's. I think he can go into a living room and and tell a recruit the reasons he should come to Notre Dame, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Throw in that fantastic education and, and whatnot. But when it comes to X's and O's, I'm not sure how good he is. And you're right. We're, we're certainly about to find out. And and I think it's going to – it's it's hard to say this, but LSU is kind of a bare cabinet at this point. And for being a, a prominent school, they, they just don't have a lot of talent there right now. So we'll see what happens. Um, bold move for Brian Kelly. It is. And I'll give him props for that. He's got the balls to do it. But he still killed a kid. He's still a douchebag. And – that's all I got to say about that. So we look at the guys who have gone. Now, who are the guys who are going to come in and replace them? Who takes over at Notre Dame? Is it going to be Marcus Freeman, Luke Fickle, Urban Meyer? Is it Tommy Reese, the offensive coordinator? Everyone's looking at the defense coordinator. Is it maybe the offensive coordinator? Who do you think ends up at Notre Dame? 
I think it's Luke Fickle's job to 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 turn down or, or not, right? Yeah. He has to be the first guy on the list for them. Um, however, look at where Cincinnati sits right now, mm-hmm. right? Um, and certainly your your opportunities are going to be you know better as far as is having the opportunity to get to the college football playoff um, at a Power Five school. Luke Fickle was the guy that they need to go get. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be my pick for this job. Um, and if you don't get him, then you go internally to your point. I, I think that you hire somebody from the staff, um, see how it goes and then kind of play from there. It, it's just, it's tough for me when you look at the two job openings, Oklahoma and, and it, these are going to be two completely different coaches that take these programs. And I think that the, the people that are going to be considered for the Notre Dame job are necessarily going to be considered for the Oklahoma job and vice versa. Yeah. When I look at who I've gotten written down here, the names don't overlap at all. Right. Yeah. And I think that's right. Yeah, I really do. Cause it, it, it's different systems, different jobs. We talk about the, the big 12. It's, it's just a different way to run a football team. And when you look at Oklahoma's hiring history, it's always been guys in their thirties, young up and comers, even going back as far as, you know, I mean, you look at Bob Stoops when he got the job, young thirties, grown up. I mean, this could be a Mark Stoops job. I doubt it. I don't think they go in the family. I think Mark Stoops stays at Kentucky. He's won in the SEC. But for Notre Dame, before I move on to that, Marcus Freeman's already got an offer to go to LSU to become the defense coordinator, highest defense coordinator in the nation per sources. I mean, that's a tough thing for him to pass up. Or does he sit there and wait? Because Notre Dame necessarily hadn't said, hey, this is our interim guy. We're not even looking at that. We want to find our head coach. They still have a chance to be in the college football playoff. And that's because when you look at the four teams in, Georgia, Michigan, Bama, Cincy, Georgia and Bama play each other. If Bama loses to Georgia, does that two-win or two-loss Bama team get in still? Based on you'll have a one-loss Oklahoma State, a one-loss Notre Dame. Then you got Cincinnati, third-ranked team in the country, playing the 16th-ranked team in the country in Houston. If Houston ups on Cincinnati, Notre Dame could slide in there. Michigan's facing Iowa, who at one point was a second-ranked team in the country, which was not correct at all. We mentioned that the last show we were on. But they could still lose to Iowa. I mean, all these teams that – if Georgia wins, the other three teams could lose it. We could see complete – speaking of Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, we could see Bedlam in the college football playoffs, and Notre Dame gets in there. I mean, we're looking at a mess here based on Brian Kelly leaving. Yeah, I wouldn't expect any of those hires to happen until the smoke clears and these games mm-hmm. get played, right? I would not expect for you to hear a a coach announced at either of those schools for a little while. Okay. Um, I think that the vacancies from the other two teams, it, what I think is is coaches will decide to go ahead to a program right away. But like play like like so let's take Luke Fickle, for example. Luke Fickle is not going to agree to go to Notre Dame when his team definitely has a, a realistic mm-hmm. chance of playing this Final Four. It's just it's not going to happen. And and here's the deal: Luke Fickle has been extremely loyal to Cincinnati. He's said all the right things. But if Luke Fickle's smart, he goes to Notre Dame because that is a way higher step than playing at Cincinnati. Uh, it's it just is. the way it is. But I don't think that you see a hire for Oklahoma or Notre Dame until. After this week and that the, the the six years between the last game and the college football playoff, because it seems like it takes forever between the two. If you are a Notre Dame fan and you want Luke Fickle, you're a Houston fan this weekend. Simple as that. Because if they lose that game, I think there's a chance Fickle could be to you by the – he could possibly be coaching the college football playoff for Notre Dame. That's how that could happen. Does it happen that way? Probably not. 
Cincinnati probably wins, but that's what you're hoping for. Now, my looking at who Oklahoma can go after, I do have Mark Stoops, Josh Heupel, who, yes, he said he's go big orange, tweeted it out, hashtag GBO. He's looking to stay at Tennessee, but he's also a former Oklahoma quarterback, so we'll see. Brett Venables, defense coordinator at Clemson. Is he a guy who couldn't finally take the next That step? would be my pick okay. for Oklahoma. Or uh, spent time there. Spent mm-hmm. time there is, is I believe, a, a D.C. and a linebackers coach. He makes a lot of sense for me. If I were to pick, that would be Venables as well as Luke mm-hmm. Fickle to, to fill the two open positions. But again, it's tough right now because I think other dominoes will fall where we'll get kind of a clearer picture here in the weeks to come. Mm-hmm. Or the other guy I got for Oklahoma, is it Matt Campbell time to leave Iowa State, stay in conference? Apparently, Matt Oklahoma. Campbell just doesn't want to leave Iowa State, dude. He, he's, he's comfortable. He's at NFL offers. He's at mm-hmm. college offers. It's He, he apparently is is a cyclone, and, 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 and I don't Which see I him love. flipping. For, no, so do I. I just think as a college coach of his, his, his talent, mm. eventually you have to make the step. Otherwise, mm. what are you doing? Right, you can't just sit He's, at Iowa State and expect it to compete for college football playoffs, win you know win national championships, things like that. I get wanting to build a program, but he hasn't even built a Luke Fickle type program in Iowa State yet. So we'll see. But I do like what you said: Venables to Oklahoma, Fickle to Notre Dame. We shall see. Coming up, I mean, looking at the college football rankings, do you see any of those teams? Obviously, one team is going to lose, but. Who do you yeah. see in your final four? It's tough because it, what do we do with Alabama? I, I, I don't I don't necessarily think an Al- two loss Alabama team and Alabama will lose to Georgia. Mm-hmm. Alabama should have lost last week. Um, I don't think what they have seventy six overtimes or whatever. Um, I don't think Alabama should, should be. Let's go ahead. Oh, the two point conversion. The two point conversion bullshit sucks. Terrible. Terrible. It's it's like it's like it's basically like resolving a MLB playoff game by like a bunting contest, (laughs) right? Like like no, nobody wants that. I would actually prefer to see a bunting contest (laughs) where you have like baskets (laughs) in the infield, and you get two points if you can bunt it perfectly down the third point or the third baseline. You get one point if you get it to short, but perfectly in the basket. I would almost prefer to see that in the stupid two-point conversion. Go back to the fun of starting at the 25 every time. And I get maybe it's for player safety. Maybe it's so it doesn't go so long. But come on, two-point conversion. The problem is you could say player safety, but none of the players want to have the game settled on a two-point conversion. One single play, you go in, you're like, okay, we've been cold. We've been sitting because... The team that had the possession last starts. So you got a team that's cold going out after the other team maybe scored. And then, I mean, it's just trash. But go ahead. Whatever you were talking about, Georgia and Alabama. Go ahead. Back to that. Oh, yeah. Georgia's going to beat Alabama. I think Georgia's – we said this in the offseason. Georgia's the best team in football. Georgia's the best team. Didn't expect their defense to just be ridiculous, right? Giving up like seventy six points total this season. It's 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 one of the best defenses I've ever seen. Yeah. Um. So I expect Alabama to lose, but like for me, I think the college football playoff committee will almost value a two loss spam over a one loss Oki State, and I really do think that, and I think they probably should. Um. And I get Oki State, 
But what about Notre Dame sitting out there still? Notre Dame. Nobody a gives program. a shit about Notre Dame, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Notre Dame will go to the if they go to the college football playoff, they get boat race like they always do by Georgia. Um, Notre Dame versus Georgia right now. Yeah, Ugh. yeah, they might as well knock it on the flight. I, I get it. I, I think Notre Dame's different because Notre Dame's a, a blue blood, you know, program or at least. I think in the college football committee's eyes, mm-hmm. they are. But and I mean, if Cincy wins, that's their only loss. Notre Dame's only loss is Cincy. But we'll see. I mean, I think Georgia wins. Michigan could lose. Bama's going to lose probably. And Cincy could lose. It could be a lot of fun. I almost want that to happen just because I want to see the insanity. I, what's the lot? Yeah. I mean, Bama's getting six and a half. That tells you what, what Vegas thinks. They think Georgia's pretty damn good. Listen, Auburn hasn't been very good. Like, I mean, I get the Iron Bowl is totally different. Onyx, and the kid for Auburn was playing on half a foot. Better than I mean, Bo Nix, and he's still better than Bo Nix. And Bo Nix riding the scooter down the sideline with his blonde hair flowing in the breeze, looking like a pretty boy quarterback, and he still hasn't just been good. I, I do nothing but just talk shit about Bo Nix on the show out of nowhere, really. Bo Nix is going to become a friend of the show one day. We he's not. He's he's going to be like, he, he's going to send me. He's like, first off, I don't know who you guys are. I'm going to watch some of your show. I'm like, please don't, man. Just come on the show. <laughs> the guy with the big ears is a dick. <laughs> I mean, we've both ripped on Bo Nix. He hasn't been good. It's true. And, we call, and if he is good, listen. You want to get on our good side? Be good. We we crow when we have to. When we've been wrong, we've always admitted it. But let's let's move away from college football. Let's play a fun game here. Let's play a head coaching game. We're going to call stay or go away. I'm going to ask Drew, should this coach stay or should he go away? And we're going to get right into it. And we're going to go with a pretty easy one, I would think. Matt Nagy, stay or go away? I thought he was getting fired after the Lions game. Lions failed me, man. Lions failed me. Lions have failed me every week for my life. I mean, um, yeah, he should go away. And I think that that what he's done with Justin Fields, the way he's ran his offense with Justin Fields, is something that he should be locked in prison. Not only fired, lock him up in prison. We talked I mean, about it on the show before. I'm with you. He, he, he literally does zero things to take advantage of his skill set. And yep. that's it. Mike Zimmer, stay or go away. You see, he's he's dating that smoke show. Yeah, Zimmer's doing. He's well. got to I mean, stay, dude. Zimmer's got things going. On. I'm alone? all about like, well, yes, for that alone. That's how I would rate my coaches. Like, if you're like Mike Zimmer, kind of looks like me. Like, I don't know what he's got going for him here. Um, listen, he's done a fine job. Kirk Cousins has been really good. It's Mike Zimmer's one of those guys where he's never bad enough to fire. You, you can be in a discussion, but he's not bad enough to fire. And so he's – Is he the modern-day Jeff Fisher right now? Like he's just good enough to keep Eight going? Eight, baby. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. That's what he sucks. is. We are never going to get another 8-8. Eight and eight. I know. That's true. Pete Carroll, That's stay true. or go away. You know – I actually think there's potential for him to to not get fired but retire, mm-hmm. right? And here, so here's the it reason. go away. So I would say go away. And okay. here's the reason because I don't think Russell Wilson suits up in those those teal and blue or whatever the hell colors they wear yeah. out there in, in in twelve twelve man land. I just don't think 
has been a really rough season. He's the oldest coach in the league. I, I think that there's certainly a, a chance that that he walks away. He will not be fired. No. Um, but he will potentially walk away. If he loses Russell Wilson, Mutual. Then, yeah, because Russell Wilson's basically – he would have been potentially fired three or four years ago without Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's kind of kept the glue and everything together, but this year it just hasn't been that way. And, hey, boys, uh, and that offense is been camp on that team. Yeah. They forget Don't forget sometimes. about him. You've killed me in fantasy three weeks in a row. Joe Judge, stay or go away? I, I think he stays. Oof, probably. Well, what what are you going to do? Oh, I'd fire his ass. Okay. Go away then. We're going to go with Freddie Kitchens all day. Freddie Kitchens, baby. Always great as an interim. Give him someone else's playbook, someone else's rules. And he'll drive the bus. I mean, imagine being on a team with Joe Judge and Jason Garrett. That I mean, I know Jason Garrett's since been fired, but that's a no seasoning kind of Thanksgiving yeah, dinner. Danny right Dimes is like, this sucks. <laughs> Speaking of Danny, Dan Campbell, stay or go away. Stay for sure. Kevin Stefanski, stay or go away. Stay for sure. I'm with you on that. However, Browns fans. Stop the bullshit. Yeah, you're six and six. Your team wasn't Lions as good as you thought too it was. Stop the bullshit. Like people are like, well, look, Matt Nagy was head coach of the year his first year. Now look at him. Do they remember Hugh Jackson? No. Do they remember that they, they won a playoff game last year? What are we and doing? And everybody like, blaming the head coach. Guess what? You had a quarterback who missed eight open, wide open players last week. Your quarterback is the reason you're not playing well right now. Is Baker the guy? We still don't know when it's year four. We'll find out. Can he be good? Yes. Has he been? No. Anyway. Brian Flores, stay or go away? Stay. They've actually, Tua's been really, really good lately. Mm-hmm. I, I know that that team is, they've, they've had their issues. But, like, I think even though Flores is from the or the Patricia tree, Jesus Christ, if there was ever a Patricia tree. <laughs> That's a Patricia oh, shrub. God. That's like the burning bush in the Bible. Christ <laughs> almighty. Um, no, not the, the Belichick tree, rather. Um I know it's been a disaster, but <laughs> I think that that he deserves another year. Can you and, read uh, that? I'm getting texts. Any, any chance, chance Rogers, Rogers comes, comes here next season? next season? No. Okay, move on. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think that's happened either. Um, yeah, so I say that he stays. Um, that team's got issues. <laughs> they've they've been banged up, right? Like immediately mm-hmm. a wide receiver out of the gates, they had issues. But Tua has gotten better and better week in and week out. We talked about on the show constantly, maybe Tua's not playing well because of all the Deshaun Watson talk. Since the trade deadline, Tua's been pretty damn good in their 4 0. That's a good point. That's a good point. Stay or go away, Mike McCarthy. You can't fire Mike McCarthy. I mean, the team's the team's fine. Like, listen, do I think Mike McCarthy is, is kind of not a great coach? I do. But I do think that the talent on the team kind of masks his inefficiencies as as a as, as an offensive play caller. Mm-hmm. Um, boneheaded mistakes, timeout wise, he does very weird things. But the team has a good record; they're winning the division, um, and, and so I don't see how you can fire him. Vic Fangio, stay or go away? <sighs> He's got to be fired. Go away. Um, and, and, and so here's the real, like, I, I understand that like the quarterback situation is not great. Um, 
if if only they had your boy, what Chad Kelly. Chad Kelly uh, would have led that team to multiple yeah, Super Bowls. But exactly, no. exactly. So they made a bad decision letting him go. Tom Brady of the SEC. Yeah. So, but no, I think I think talent buys that team. Even getting rid of Vaughn Miller, right? I think that mm-hmm. team is is a team prepped to win now. They didn't get it done with the quarterback position. I think that falls more on John Elway than it does on Vic Fangio. But I do think that Vic Fangio is the one that's going to have to fall on the sword out there, Denver. And uh, to answer your question there, Kinsley, who texted me about Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers goes anywhere, it should be Denver. Matt Rule, stay or go away? Stay. Yep, he's going to stay. It's been a tough – I mean – you bring in Cam Newton. Cam Newton's terrible. We've talked about this forever. Like Cam five of twenty-one, good. ninety-two yards. And, and for so, all, the, I'm sorry, I'm gonna interrupt you here. I know this nope. is your part of the game, but even my headphones, like I'm out. Yeah, Cam Newton. We've said it. He's not that good. All these people are like Cam's back, baby. Look at what he did. Two or three, two touchdowns, and then he ran for a touchdown. off, dude. He can't throw the football. What is he? When was he really good? That game against the Cardinals where he was a gadget player. That's what he's become. Hell of a football player for his career. Right now, I can throw the football harder and further than him. And I'm a fat piece of shit, okay? Yeah, I can throw it over that mountain right there. Don't (laughs) worry about it. I can do that kind of shit. That's right. Robert Sala, stay or go away? Stay. We got to stop with the with the one year firings. Like like Dan like Lions fans are calling for Dan Campbell. It's like, dude, this roster is a disaster because of Matt Patricia's scumbag ass, right? Like like look at Darius Slay, best corner in the league, best corner in the league. Let him go, let him go, and told him to s a d to his face. If Matt Patricia was the head coach of the Detroit Lions right now, what's their record? Negative one win. <laughs> Take away the tie. We'd be just, no, (laughs) they wouldn't even tie. (laughs) Urban Meyer, stay or go away? Stay. He's going to stay. I, I, listen, Urban, you could think that Urban would would run in in the middle of the night to take one of these, these, you know, college football programs. But he's not going to do that. He's not going to do that because he's already kind of done that multiple times. I think that Urban will end up getting fired next year. Halfway through the season, yeah, potentially. I, I mean, we'll again, I, I'm talking like you got to give guys at least one year, and think of like the class he brought in, right? You bring in a rookie quarterback, your your rookie running back gets hurt, doesn't play a game. Um, there's there's a lot of issues there. The the Jags defense is not what the Jags defense was. There's mm-hmm. just a lot of problems there that that aren't his. Like he inherited these problems. So, yep. I'm not saying that he's necessarily going to be good, but he definitely deserves another year. More respect to you if you stay. And finally, David Colley with the Texans. Stay. The, what the fuck's he supposed to do? Hey, we just went through the list. <laughs> he probably sucks, right? I don't think he's very good, but like, he, he, nobody wants that bum ass job. Hey, he took it, and you know what? They've been competitive in some games. I'll they, give him credit they, for that. They, they've been all right. I mean, listen, when Tyrod Taylor plays, although, God bless it, Tyrod Taylor was putrid last week. Um, but. But, yeah, look at that dominating lead by me. Yep. Once again, you have the lead. We're getting late in the season here. Five weeks left of the NFL season. Let's get right into it. Dallas Cowboys 7-4 and four at New Orleans Saints. Who you got? Dallas. I mean, I, I, it sounds like they're they're trending to, to Trevor Simeon to sit on the bench. Taysom um, Hill. And that brings us Taysom Hill. I'm Mormon still, Tebow. Sir, still unsure that he can throw it all. Uh, so, <laughs> give me Dallas. 
listen, White Cam Newton is not going to do any better. Okay. Mormon Tebow, White Cam Newton, whatever he is, he's still Taysom freaking Hill. They probably Tampa say Bay- he's like hard nosed and like tries real hard though. He he definitely is. All the white guys do. You know he's he's right. tough. He's a grinder. Yeah. He's a gamer. <laughs> listen, John Gruden's not coaching. First guy <laughs> in, last guy out. <laughs> and he's got naked pictures of Sean Payton doing something crazy. Has to. Has to. Tampa Bay Buccaneers led by Tom Brady, who, hang on, sudden thought moment. Have you watched Man in the Arena yet on ESPN Plus, the Tom Brady documentary? No, I haven't. Do so. It's pretty good so far. I think Tom Brady's become like a pretty cool dude to like, ever since he kind of got out of the Belichick Mm -hmm. um, death star. He's a likable son of a bitch. Yeah, he is. It sucks that like the best player ever is like also super likable. Like, I wish I had some of those traits. You do. You're likable. In fact, some would say you're super likable. I've heard it. Yeah. Those exact words. Super likable. That's from my wife. <laughs> probably actually probably wasn't from my wife. <laughs> Tampa Bay Buccaneers 8-3. Atlanta Falcons 5-6. and six. Who you got? I'll take Tampa. Although Tampa's been suspect in spots. Atlanta's a dumpster fire. Kyle Tampa's Pitts has, has one, one red zone target since week six. That's not how you run a football team. Especially when Calvin Ridley's out. and he, mm-hmm. I heard Cordell Patterson's a reserve at safety. You would love to see that. God. Cordell Patterson, man. Does like, it all, dude. He's a jack of all trades. <laughs> I know last year we had uh, Joseph Herf, I believe is his name. Who was the, the kid from we talked Bears with? And they were talking about using Cordell at running back last year. And you're like, no, that's the stupidest thing I ever heard. Now he's one of the best fantasy running backs in the league. It's crazy. Arizona Cardinals, Chicago Bears. Who you got? I think Kyler and uh, New come back this week. Uh, I also think Matt Nagy is just a disaster of a, of a coach. So give mm-hmm. me Arizona in that one. Give me Arizona by seventy, and then Matt Nagy fired. Los Angeles Chargers six and five at the seven and four Cincinnati Bengals. It's gonna be a fun game. Who you got? I think the Chargers have to get it right now. They've really kind of been slipping. I don't think they had a win, if I'm correct, in the month of November. I I, I think they have to get it right, and I think they do this week. I'm going to take the Bengals. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, get back on track together, hopefully, and we will uh, go from there. Minnesota Vikings 5-6 and six at the Detroit Lions. Lions get that victory? No. You know what? I think they do. Why? <laughs> Because I got to pick against you. I'm one game behind, and I'm going to die on the Lions Hill with Ford Field right behind you. Is there any? Is it burning down behind me? Maybe I can add some like a uh, of fire emojis next week. Indianapolis Colts six and six at Houston Texans two and nine. Colts, and I, I will think, also take the Colts. I think the Colts ran into just Tampa Bay being really good defensively again the against the run last week. Um, and I think that it's it's a completely different situation. Jonathan Taylor goes off. Jonathan Taylor, damn good football player right now. New York Giants at Miami Dolphins. Who you got? The Dolphins. It sounds like Matt Glennon starting. Mike Glennon, rather, uh, with his giant neck. So um, big of a neck. Yeah. Human giraffe. Go, go, so, gadget neck. Yeah, for me, I will uh, – I, I got to fade that. And I also think that Miami's been clicking. They have been Philadelphia Eagles five and seven at the New York Football Jets three and eight. The Eagles and the, the Eagles. Eagles have kind of been 
I want to say good, but I think they're kind of finding a little bit of a stride here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it, it's Nick Sirianni uh, or whatever the fuck the guy you ever say. Nick Sirianni. Sirianni, rather. Pardon me. Uh, he's actually learned that they can run it. He mm-hmm. like the first seven weeks, he didn't think like you're allowed to hand it off. He didn't no. know if you knew the rules, but uh, I figure yeah. you need to know these things before you become a head coach. But right. hey, he learned. He's All a right. quick learner. Yeah, Matt Patricia was a head coach. <laughs> and for the Eagles, Eagles should be six and six right now. But if it wasn't for Aguilar 2.0 and Jalen Rager, who had two touchdown passes bounce out of his hands. One almost resulting in interception and the other ending the game. Stinks. My goodness. And he was picked one pick ahead of Justin Jefferson. Now, I liked Rieger coming out, but what the hell happened to your hands, boy? Jacksonville Jaguars, two and nine at the LA Rams, seven and four. I'll take the Rams. Stafford's been ass. Stafford's he is. Been terrible. He has been. And is this injuries or is the league catching up with this offense and what they were doing earlier? I think Stafford's just Stafford. Stafford can't beat good teams. Or is it just OBJ going to a team and then ruining them? I mean, he gets the touchdown. He got the touchdown last week in garbage time. Let's face it. It's not that. Stafford's throwing three picks, pick sixes in three weeks. I I mean, this is the Matt Stafford I know. And I love Matt Stafford. You know, I love Matt Stafford. Um, Matt Stafford continues to not be able to beat opponents that are over 500. It's just that simple. Matt Stafford three weeks ago was an MVP front runner. Now he's not. Washington football team five and six, led by Taylor Heineke. Look out, they're coming for you against the LA Raiders. Or oh, LV. yeah. Sorry, LV Raiders. Give me Washington here. I, Washington. I, 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 Washington's doing good things. Antonio Gibson's starting to get it going on the ground. Mm-hmm. Taylor Heineke's just done everything he needs to do. Hey, he's taking care of the football finally. Not trying yep. to overdo it, just playing within himself. It looks good. I will also take the football team. And I think the Raiders, big win for them last week. But, man, they've overcome so much this season. It's tough. Baltimore Ravens, 8-3, and three, coming off a big win over the Cleveland Browns where Lamar Jackson threw four interceptions. The Cleveland Browns got three points off of it. But enough about that. See you next week. At the Pittsburgh Steelers, 5-5-1. Five, five and one. Who you got? Not Baltimore. I, uh, I think Pittsburgh loses out. Pittsburgh's not good. They're not. And Roethlisberger, buddy, you should have hung it up. You're a Hall of Fame quarterback, but you look like shit right now. He's terrible. Chase Claypool doesn't like that practices are super hard. Boo-hoo. That's why you strapped to the second round, you tall-ass Megatron wannabe. Go back back to Canada. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're a mess. I'll give me Baltimore. San Francisco 49ers, 6-5 and five at the Seattle Seahawks, 3-8. and eight. I'll take Seattle, and I know that seems ridiculous. Um, Seattle has to get something going. You would they, think. And and so I I, I kind of – I don't have, like, data or, like, really points to prove this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll take Seattle. <laughs> I took the Lions, so I, yeah, I have right, nothing yeah, for that. I'm like, no data to back that up. I'm taking him because you're not. <laughs> Denver Broncos six and five at Kansas City Chiefs seven and four. How are the Broncos six and five and yet one game what? behind the Chiefs? They were, what, they were five like, and two. Yeah, they were they were three and zero, oh, then five and two, and yeah. now they're six and five. But yeah, give me still kids. crazy to think. I will also take Kansas City coming off the bye. Hey guys, let's go out and have some fun. Anyway, Pat Mahomes gone. New England Patriots, the hottest team in the NFL, led by Mac Jones, 
Flexing okay. in the end zone, Mac Jones. Big Mac Daddy, led by Ramondre Stevenson, led by Damian Harris. Kendrick Bourne looking like a number one receiver and that defense getting nasty. They're playing the Buffalo Bills who can't run the football, but they're putting the cheetah Matt Breida back there in Buffalo. This is in Orchard Park at Highmark Stadium. Wait, did we say Seattle and how they got Adrian Peterson on the practice squad now? No, we didn't. Pretty much a game changer. Seattle, definitely a dub. That's my, that's my my point to back up Seattle. <laughs> I'm, I can't argue that. <laughs> Mainly because I don't want to. <laughs> you'll, get, you'll get hit with the switch if you do. Pats, Bills, who you got? I'll take the I'll take the Bills. I'll take I, the Pats. Uh, yeah, I don't blame you for taking the Pats. I mean, the Bills have the Bills have struggled. Um, I mean, the Pats have been really, really good. But I will uh, I'll roll with Buffalo. Yeah, Buffalo should win that game, but I got to catch up a game, and I'm probably not going to do it with the Lions. So let's finish off the show as we always do. Ward's wagers. You're 23 and 15 against spread this season. What do you got for us tonight? I'll take Dallas uh, on the road in New Orleans again. Taysom Hill potentially starting. I don't have tons of faith. Michael Parsons been fantastic, by the way. That he has. Uh, didn't Better as a defensive end, even. Yeah, they'll line him up kind of anywhere right now, mm-hmm. and he's been really, really good. It's four and a half. I'll take Dallas in that one. And, hey, you know uh, what? Going into the – I'm going to interrupt you again because that's what yeah. we do here. We just talk about random things. We do. Going into the draft, I was worried about – Micah Parsons' maturity in some points. Did he really love football? Let's say this. He loves football and his maturity. He sent a text to all of his teammates saying, hey, if you got nowhere to go for Thanksgiving, if you got no one in town, my mama makes enough food for 100 people, y'all come to my house. Big move by the Rook. I appreciate that, Micah Parsons. Hats off to you. Back to what you were saying. Yeah. I I mean, he's he's been – I didn't expect this. Um and good for him. I'll uh, I'll I'll also go to the Seattle game we were talking about a little bit earlier. Seattle getting three and a half points at home, um, getting over a field goal. I I like this game to be close. I will take Seattle, and then to finish up, I will take Baltimore on the road in Pittsburgh. We talked about Pittsburgh's problems, um, and and Pittsburgh is getting four and a half. I will take Baltimore. I think they easily win by a touchdown. They should dominate that game. So there are your awards wagers for this week. 23-15 against the spread this year. Going to be 26-15 and 15 by next year. Or next week. Hopefully by next year you got 26 wins. <laughs> by next week. When we come back, we're going to have new graphics next week. We get the return of at Detroit Beastie. And before we get out of here, I want to say thank you to everyone who has supported our store on bonfire.com backslash store backslash FCFSTs. Due to your kindness and purchase of our shirts and our hoodies and our masks and our cups and all that crap we got selling for you with our logo on it, with some things written on it that I come up with for t-shirt ideas. We have been able to donate over $250 to Angels at Risk, which is a charity based out of LA that helps people learn basically how to recoup their lives dealing with drugs. We've also been able to donate multiple items from the Amazon wish list for the Wild Heart Wildlife Rescue in Rhodes, Michigan through our sales of our Detroit Beastie hoodies and t-shirts. So you can go to that site right now and you can get any of that stuff. It's still on sale. You can add to add it to your cart and the money will still go to those charities immediately. And just want to say thank you over that for all that. And as we get into next week, we will have the return of Detroit Beastie. As I said, we'll have our new graphics package, which will hopefully be done by then. It was supposed to be done by today. It's not. 
Drew will get to see them as soon as I get to see them. Can't wait for that. Also, we'll know who is officially in the college football playoff. Maybe we'll find out who filled these jobs, all that and more next week on the Full Coverage Football Show. Until then, remember, as always, if you live the life you love, you'll love the life you live. Night, kids.